0: What do you turn to when you find yourself living in stress? Now, I know we're in church and everybody's going to say God, and and I appreciate that. I do, and I know that you do, and and so let's just get that out, but what else? What else do you turn to when, um, when things have just absolutely gone crazy, when you're caught in the vice grip of circumstances, and it seems as if um, you're just trying to make it through another day. You you're going crazy on the inside of your head. It seems circumstances are out of control. What is it that you that you turn to? Mastercard. What what you watch Tennessee get beat every week? I, that hurt a little bit. Food, Starbucks. What? Coffee? Shopping. 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 I I went straight to coffee. I'm sorry. Family. What else? The gym. The gym up there. What else? What's that? Music. Music. Now, I know we're in church, so nobody's going to say, well, I like to smoke a cigarette or drink a beer I know y'all wouldn't say anything like that although it's going to be on camera now and I can point out people that are doing that but uh <laughs> hey you, you look you look at real life and I'm not talking about make-believe world I'm talking about real life you know we have things that we chase after there are things that we go to our little go-to places uh, I I don't know if you know this about me but I love chocolate I don't know if you know this about me, but I love peanut butter. I I don't know if you know this, but I think the food of heaven is chocolate and peanut butter put together. When when I find myself in stressful circumstances, I go to different places, and and uh, sometimes those places are something as simple as uh, uh, just getting away and, and eating a Snickers bar, or sometimes it's it's more profound. Getting away and going fishing—that uh, that'd be something that I'd do. I do. I, I, if things are really stressful, sometimes I'll get away and I'll tie a fly. Um, and and uh, if you don't know what that is, Google it. Um, I I love to I love to chase after these things. But here's the challenge with those things. The challenge with those things is that they're short-lived. Uh, the peanut butter delight eventually wears off and it can have some uh, uh, less than favorable consequences the that that movement toward the shopping mall and to the different stores and spending some money doing that it 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 is short-lived and it can have dissatisfying results when we are looking for something to soothe our souls in difficult days I want to challenge you and me today to find something that will overwhelm the circumstances not just give us a little bit of comfort and ease in the midst of the circumstances While we are chasing a lot of different things in order to get hold of life, to get back control perhaps, while we're pressing on in this in-between, we're not where we used to be, but we're not where we want to be, we're in-between, we're living in the difficulties of these days, and stresses begin to mount. I want to challenge you from the words of Psalm 84 to pursue God for He is the one who will satisfy us completely. Now, I know that this is something you would expect me to say and it, it, it's certainly something that I want to say, but can I suggest that perhaps if we really believed this, if we really believed that there is nothing better than God's presence in our lives, then we would chase Him and pursue Him with greater urgency and greater passion than ever before. You get the hint of this in Psalm 84 as the psalmist begins his song. He he writes, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on the pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts, here it is, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. The psalmist leads us to see whether it's stressful times or delightful times. There's nothing better than God's presence. In verse 10, the psalmist says, hey listen, better one day in your presence than a thousand days in the tents of the wicked, better uh, one day in your presence than a thousand anywhere else. Oh, God, you alone are the best thing. Now, where this really has to hit home for us is... In our daily activity as followers of Jesus, we have been blessed with the privilege of living in immediate intimacy with God. And yet so often we as followers of Jesus, we tend to forget that God is better than peanut butter. And yes, God is better than peanut butter. But we make our way in stressful times to the pantry, open the door, find the jiff. Amen. Amen. Uncork the top. Uh, If it's a fresh can, they've they've now got these little seal things on the top of you. You just pop that seal, that aluminum full on the top and you hear it go. (laughs) That fragrant aroma of those freshly, uh, 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 whatever they do squashed peanuts begins to waft in your senses and and you're like a little child at christmas just dipping three fingers deep into that peanut butter and licking it dry oh you you've never done that's just me i I, and the question the question that god would have us answer today is Are we that urgent for Him? Are are, are we as urgent for God as these temporary sweetmeats that maybe satisfy or give us strength for a season or a moment? Are we more urgent for God than we are for those things? The psalmist and 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 just kind of give you a, a, a backdrop of this psalm. The psalm is a picture or a song that is sung as pilgrims make their way to the temple. You see, in Old Testament days, uh, the the temple was that singular, singularly uh, held up place of God's presence. It's not that God was not encountered in other places. It's just that that was the special place. And that was the place that that uh, uh, the people of God would run toward, and 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 the goal was to get to Jerusalem and to get to the temple so that they could get to the very presence of God. But you and I, we we have a different journey, and and it's a glorious journey. It's a better journey for the. Uh, The Apostle Paul says it clearly in 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 6.16 and 2 Corinthians 3.16 that we are truly the temple of God. As followers of Jesus, brought into intimacy with God through the sacrificial death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, when we by faith repented our sin and trusted in Jesus alone for our rescue, in that moment the Bible says that God poured His Spirit In us, so that we are living in the manifest presence of God as we go. And yet, as followers of Jesus, how urgent are we to taste and see that the Lord, yes, He is good? How urgent are we to pursue God? Oh, that we would capture again the urgency of the psalmist. Now listen, listen to what he writes in verses 1 and 2 again. He says, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Guys, this This shouldn't be an occasional thing for us as followers of Jesus. We perhaps need a reminder of what life was like apart from God. Apart from from experiencing His love lavished over us through the person of Jesus Christ. Do you remember how empty your life was? Ephesians uh, chapter 2 says that those who are apart from God are living without hope. In this world, do you remember how your life was hopeless apart from God? But now, as followers of Jesus, you have the very presence of God abiding within you, and and maybe, just maybe, you have neglected the greater God's presence because of familiarity. For the psalmist, it was a one year maybe a twice a year pilgrimage that he would make to the presence of God to the to the temple of God and so it was a special journey. It was something significant for him every single time that, that he and his family and his friends would uh, pick up out of the village in the outskirts of, of Judea. They would, they would pack up their, their belongings and they would make their journey to Jerusalem into the presence of God. And they had an urgency, a, a passion, because they knew that they had no life apart from God. Do you have that same urgency? Not just once a year, not just twice a year, but consistently, persistently, throughout your day, do you pursue God? Does your flesh cry out for the living God? Does your soul faint until... You're in his presence until you're focused on him, until you're 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 feasting at his feet, on his promises and his grace and his goodness. How urgent are we for God? I think that if we would be honest with ourselves as we should all the time and we evaluated the course of our everyday life, perhaps we would be humbled by how we lack an urgency for God. You remember in John 15, I wrote it, read it a few moments ago. In John 15, Jesus said, here's, here's how you know God's love is by abiding in Jesus. Abide means that you're dwelling with him. It's an intentional pursuit. It's, it's not just some passive recipient, uh, uh, reception of, of something, but rather it's a, it's, it's a purposeful, passionate pursuit of God. To abide in Jesus. He goes on and says that if you abide in me and you abide in my love when you obey my commandments. And, and, and certainly obedience to God is, is part and parcel with pursuing him. And, and, and the question that, that plagues me on a daily basis is, is when I have ventured off into a path of disobedience, the question that just overwhelms me, why didn't I want God more? At least maybe that's how it should be for us. We, we tend to play off our disobedience and, 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 as some, well, it's just a mistake or I was distracted. or something. And I've done that and I do that and I understand it. I, I'm just saying it's wrong. It, it, it's that we want peanut butter more than we want God. Even though we would say as we gather here, yes, God is better than peanut butter. But we want peanut butter more than we want God. Living in those stressful times, living in those those difficult moments, we we need to be like the psalmist. My my flesh longs for you. My heart cries for you. Oh, God, I need you. Look at verses 3 and 4. The psalmist goes on. He says, even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts. Verse three is a picture of how that God provides security and peace, with the picture of a of a bird and a swallow uh, and their nests and their trees. It's a picture of security. the The tree surrounds the bird and and protects them. the The nest is a place of refuge and and safety and security. And then the psalmist says, even your courts, O God. He said, this is what what your presence is for me. It's security, it's safety, it's protection, it's provision. Do we not believe that anymore? Having received forgiveness for our sin, we then forget about God's presence? No, it shouldn't be that way. So we should pursue God and find the security and the peace that he offers, even in the most stressful moments. Look at verse 4. Verse 4, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed, fulfilled, and satisfied. Overwhelmed with God's presence, we are satisfied to the core, even in the face of stressful circumstances. And and this is what I would say peanut butter's good for a moment, but God is great all the time. In God's greatness, He gives us satisfaction. In His greatness, He fills our soul with good things. We're urgent for a lot of things. Do some inventory in your life. Are you as urgent for God as you are for other things? And I'm not talking about here as we're sitting here listening to the Word of God and, and, and gathered together as the people of God. Certainly, God is priority in this place at this time. But, but on Monday morning, on Tuesday and on Wednesday, when the traffic's good and even when the traffic's bad, it took me two and a half hours to get home the other night from here. That's ridiculous. And I was chasing a lot of things, but regrettably, God perhaps was not one of them. In those stressful moments, are you turning to God as your sole source of satisfying strength? See, that's, that's really what the psalmist is getting at. He's saying that, that God is uh, the 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 source of of satisfying strength for our daily life. It is only in God that we find this satisfying strength. It's 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 not in peanut butter, but it's in God. It's not in shopping, but it's in God. It's not even in family and friends. It's it's in God. Satisfying strength, a strength that doesn't dissipate, a strength that doesn't disappear, a strength that 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 holds over even when the wave of calories has burned out of our chocolate intake. It's, it's, It's that wondrous provision that God makes to his people that he will give us himself. And when he gives us himself, he satisfies us with his strength. As the psalmist is making his journey, you hear the note of the in-between. Look at verses 5 and following. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Can I just stop for a second and say whose heart is set on pilgrimage? That's a passionate pursuit. Pilgrimage there is a is a is a, a word picture that the that, that the psalmist uses to to describe this journey. Uh, toward the presence of God it's it's not just being passive and and I'm I'm a child of God and 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 I walk with him and 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 he walks with me I I've been rescued by God's love through faith in Jesus Christ Jesus has brought me into friendship with God therefore I'm just going to live my life no 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 a heart set on pilgrimage is a heart that says hey I'm part of God's family I live in intimacy with him because of Jesus, but I'm not just going to sit back and act like that's all there is. Rather, I'm going to pursue with all my heart, with all my diligence, I'm going to pursue God. I'm going to chase him. I'm going to open his word and let his spirit speak to my heart. I'm going to open my heart to him and worship him and pray with, 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 with a prayer of faith. I'm, gonna, I'm, going to, I'm going to abide in Him. I'm going to obey Him. I'm, I'm going to pursue God with all that I am. Is that your life? One of the reasons I think that so many of us live such weak, impotent lives is because we're just passive recipients of, of God, but we're not pursuing Him. throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, we have these commands from God. There's this, uh, in in theological terms and and grammatical terms, you have indicative and you have imperative. An indicative sentence is one that just states a fact. An indicative is something that describes a situation. An indicative sentence, Uh, Statement is, Eric Thomas is standing on a platform right now. That's an indicative. Or, Eric Thomas is a child of the king, rescued by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That's an indicative. That's true. And it's a revolutionary indicative. You are a child of God. You belong to him. He's brought you into covenant relationship with himself. That's an indicative. An imperative, however, flows out of the indicative. I am a child of God. So, the imperative, obey God. The imperative, seek God. The imperative, love God, there are not just duties, but disciplines that we as followers of Jesus must pursue if indeed we want to find satisfying strength. Is your heart set on pilgrimage, not just once a year, not just once a week, but every day, is your heart set on pilgrimage, I need God. By the way, can I just add this? This is a little sideways, but can I just add this? This is not reading about somebody else's pilgrimage. This is you making your own pilgrimage. This isn't just breaking out Oswald Chambers and my utmost for his highest and reading his little ditties and saying, "Woo, that's enough for me. No, it's not enough for you. It's inspiring, it's encouraging, it's good. I'm not dismissing that at all. I'm just saying you need your own pilgrimage. Is your heart set on pilgrimage? Rather than is your heart set on reading about somebody else's pilgrimage? The psalmist goes on verse 6. He says, As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The the rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to... To strength, each one appears before God in Zion. In verse 5 through 7, the psalmist uh, is is talking about this this wondrous joy that is found in the presence of the Lord of hosts, who makes available the most uh, blessed life imaginable. The psalmist talks about this journey into the presence of God, this heart that is set on pilgrimage. And then he uses the imagery of the Valley of Baca. Now, scholars are, are divided on what Valley of Baca is all about. Valley of Baca, in, uh, in, in recent days, uh, scholars have, have decided that Baca is pointing to a little shrub. That, uh, that grows in arid wilderness places. Others have, have looked at that word baka, and they've seen in it the, the word for tears, so the Valley of Weeping. And there are articles and journals and hundreds of pages written about what the Valley of Baka is all about. And again, I like to keep things simple. Regardless if it's the Valley of Tears or uh, a a valley where uh, a a little brush, uh, a little bush grows in arid places, the picture that the psalmist paints is we're walking through a wilderness moment. We're walking through arid places. We're walking through the drought and the dryness of life. Have you ever been there? These are the stressful places. These are the stressors that uh, awaken us. And and, and, uh, I've got to be honest, I'm not sleeping much right now. And and there are reasons for that. Construction begins Monday, VDOT. That's when construction begins, and, and, and I, I, we don't know what that's going to look like next Sunday. We, we, we don't know how that's going to be, so just come ready to respond. But starting Monday, they're going to start construction. The, 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 they, they've got the stuff, and uh, they've got all the paperwork ready, and, and, and beginning Monday, they, they start their work in earnest. On the 30th of this month, we're going to have a Campus Catalyst meeting, and, and that's going to be marvelous and good and fine, and we're going to unload the vision and, and what we're going to do in the next 90 days and how we're going to uh, respond in the next year and what's going to happen in the next three years and, and what it looks like in 10 years. And, and on October 30th in the evening time, we're going to do that, and, and you'll hear more about that, but, but can I just tell you, it, it's keeping me up at night. It's consuming my heart. And there is a tendency that I have in the Valley of Baca, that that, that wilderness moment, there's a tendency that I have to turn to my own resources, my peanut butter. To try to navigate through those difficult decisions and days, the, the change that's happening and will continue to happen. There's a temptation that I have to go to my spreadsheets, which is another form of peanut butter for me. It's, there, there's, there's, there's a temptation for me to try to navigate everything. Some of us can relate to that. Uh, there, uh, there's a temptation that I have to, to take back control in, in, in a sense, but really it's not taking any control because I have no control. And just gives the illusion. When you walk through the the valley that is dry and arid, how do you experience what the psalmist cries out, uh, talks about as pools of water? lush living. How do you experience that? Well, it's not through peanut butter or spreadsheets. No, it is through pursuing the very presence of God, living, dwelling, abiding in him. It's found when we cry out to him and trust in him. In fact, the psalmist goes on and he says, and those who trust in him, those who pursue him, those whose heart is set on a pilgrimage, they move, here it is, from strength to strength. The picture there is a strength that doesn't fail. A strength that doesn't dissipate. A strength that doesn't burn out when the calories are gone. It's a strength that is abiding and satisfying. And the only way you can get that strength is in the presence of God. In God's presence... We find a satisfying strength that that helps us press on in between. We move from strength to strength. As we look to God, as we spend time with Him, as we open His Word and as we study His Word, as we set our hearts on this pilgrimage of pursuing God each day throughout the day, in those moments God pours His strength in us again fresh, new. It's the strength of his presence. It's the strength of the God of Jacob, the Lord of hosts, standing over us, helping us, providing for us, nourishing us. In dry times, don't go to the pantry for peanut butter. Go to the prayer closet to spend time with the God who gives you strength. The last thing we see in this passage, calling us to pursue God, because there's nothing better than God. We see in verses 8 through 12, And it's a call for us to pursue God more than anything else. Look at verse 8. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield. Look upon the face of your anointed. Uh, Can I talk a little bit about uh, the God of hosts? This really is kind of a key phrase in this whole psalm. The, 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 The psalmist is making his pilgrimage to the presence of God and, and as he's making his pilgrimage to the presence of God, he says, Oh, God of hosts, hear our prayer. And, and, and calling God the God of hosts is really declaring his trust in God. God of hosts is the, the picture of, of God as the provider and the protector of his people. This is God of hosts, the the one who stands between us and danger. This is the God of hosts, the one who gives us strength that satisfies. This is the God of hosts who sent Jesus to die upon a cross for us. To be raised from the dead so that we can live in that resurrection power who poured his spirit within us so that we can live in immediate intimacy with him. This is the God of hosts who is with us and for us. And when we pursue him, we know That he is protecting us more than anything else could. The psalmist describes this journey. In verse 10, he says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun, he is light in our darkness. He is a shield. He is protection in the difficult, dark days. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. We pursue God more than anything else, because only God can satisfy us. It's only God who can be the sun for us, the center of our universe, the sun for us, the one who lights our way, the sun for us, the one who warms us on cold nights, gives direction, gives hope. I really do believe that the definition of hope is the sunrise. For even when the day seems the darkest, hope knows that the sun will rise in the morning. God is our sun, the one that we can count on eternally. He is our shield, a picture of His protection, a picture of His deliverance, a picture of His uh, provision for us of, of, of safety and security. No matter the forces that rail against us, we have God as our shield. He gives grace through Jesus Christ. He gives glory by giving us His Spirit and letting us dwell in His presence forever. No good thing does he withhold from those who live with integrity before him? And God is ready to open his hands to those who pursue him. So the command for us is to pursue God more than anything else. God is better than peanut butter. Trust Him. Cling to Him. Seek Him. As a follower of Jesus, you've gotten all the tools that you need to go from strength to strength in the in-between. But you must set your heart on a pilgrimage. Not occasional. Not annual, but daily and consistently. So my challenge to us today, in uncertain times and difficult days, my my challenge to us today, when things seem good or things seem not so good, a challenge god's challenge to us today is to pursue him give all your will to the will of god give all your heart to the heart of god and place your hands into the hands of God. Trust Him, and you will be satisfied. God is better than peanut butter. Would you bow your heads, please? This morning as we've gathered here, my prayer for us is that we would we would in a fresh and new way, commit ourselves to pursue God, to pursue Him by His Spirit, through His Word, because of His Son, Jesus, to pursue Him in worship corporately and publicly, to pursue Him personally and privately. Will you pursue God? Not passively being a recipient, but rather waking up each day and saying, yes, I'm urgent for God. I need Him. He is my life. Will you rest your hope in Him? Not in what you can manage, not what you can dictate or control but on him who has given you life today will you pursue the Lord God In these next few moments I'm just going to challenge you to respond to God's word and perhaps that means you need a an awakening to urgency, that you'll pursue God more than you pursue peanut butter. Maybe you need to make a commitment. Maybe you need to come to this altar and you need to cry out to the living God and say, oh God, I've, I've, I've put you in a corner. I've acted like you've saved me, but now I've got to live life all my own. And And that's that's not the way I want to live anymore. Maybe you need to come to this altar and you need to say, God, I set my heart on a pilgrimage today. Maybe you're living in stressful times and right now is the prime opportunity for you to enter into the presence of God in full-blown pursuit. Crying out to Him, seeking Him. spending time with Him. Oh, God, in these moments, You know where Your people are. You know what's going on in them and their struggles. You, by Your Spirit, through Your Word, have communicated truth to their life. Now, God, as we join hearts together and joyful praise through song to You. Will You also lead us to pursue You. Compel us to set our hearts on a pilgrimage each day, every day, throughout the day. That we might give our will to Your will. Place our hands in Your hands. Set our hearts on your heart. Now I pray that you would satisfy us with your strength and propel us to live for your glory. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.